the wife and I are considering getting a new bed. It's It's been maybe, oh gosh, eight, 10 years since we got a new mattress. And one of the folks that we're looking at is Mattress Firm. That's because they're America's neighborhood mattress store. They're going to let our budget stretch further when we're looking for ways to improve our sleep. That's because they're more than the mattress experts. They've got a whole package that's going to help you transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They're going to have you covered literally and figuratively if you let them do it. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening right now as I read this sentence to you. They're even offering a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection with the mattress that you choose and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know that you paid the best price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. My guest today is Ben Kachera. I'm Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. I've invited you here today, Mr. Ben Kachera, to talk about Far Cry 5. Thank you for taking the time today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. I wanted to start this as in the most uncomfortable way possible, as though I were interrogating <laughs> you about the game. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me today. I'm so sorry. Um, ben, I'm, I'm really excited about this game um, because I, I love the Far Cry games. Um, I actually got to see this. I was one of the first in the world outside of the developer to see this thing at Judges Week last year. Mm-hmm. But also, the game scares the ever-loving shit out of me at like an existential democratic level. Um, and we'll get to that. But you, when did you get a hold of it? What day can you say that you, that you first started playing the game? I've been playing for, um, this will be the third day. I've been really cranking away at it. Okay. And then, to, so we're recording on the 22nd today. The review is going to go up on the 26th. Our podcast that we're having today will go up with that review. Um, so you're going to get a good amount of time with this game before that review. That's really, that's handy. We haven't seen that <laughs> regularly from, from all the developers lately, have we? Yeah, and I'm already like eight to ten hours in, and my day today is set aside for, we're going to play some uh, co-op, we're going to, I'm looking, it's really nice to get enough time to really dig into something before writing about it. I'm, I'm excited. So for folks out there that haven't heard about this game, I want you to just kind of give a little info dump. What is Far Cry 5? And then I want to narrow in on just like the first hour or two. And we'll see where we go from there. But but for those that might have been living under a rock for the last year, what is Far Cry 5, Ben? Well, Far Cry 5 is the latest entry in the Far Cry series, which is known for having these vast open worlds with maps with a million little icons on it and side missions that you can tackle as you want. And this one is set in the wilds of Montana, where you are fighting back against an occupying force of religious extremists who've kind of taken over this huge area in like a quasi-military fashion. And you have to wipe them out, basically. You have to take the land back. Yikes. Even though that's what they think they're doing, right? That's the whole thing. It's like the government shouldn't be controlling our lands and our guns and our religion. And we're going to violently take our country back. And now you are here to take the country back a third time. We're making America great again, again, I think. Yeah, we're looping it back. So I guess we're... 
I don't know. Everyone is fighting over Montana. Okay. Uh, you're uh, the, the deputy of a law enforcement agency who is sent in to arrest this religious leader, and it all goes to hell very quickly, ensuing the game. Well, it's interesting to me that g- the Ghost Recon franchise and the Far Cry franchise are like on this collision course here with <laughs> Far Cry Far Cry 5 or Far Cry has always been an open world first person game with vehicles. And all of a sudden, Ghost Recon Wild- Wildlands is an open world third person game um, with vehicles. And <laughs> I, I had this uncanny experience where I was demoing it uh, last year at an event. And I'm like, but all right, if I could just get over my back shoulder, I'd be playing. I, I'd feel like I was playing Wildlands. It was it was very strange, um, but they they are very different experiences, and I want to talk a little bit more about that as well. But please take me into the very opening moments of this game. What is the first scene? Where do you begin, and how does it play out? So you're you're in their stronghold, and you're walking towards this church where you can hear a male voice preaching and that is the cult leader that is the guy you were here to arrest oh wow so you're, you're not even like p- pulling up in a car or anything you're just you and your uh police or sheriff buddies or are, are going into the church right and i hear well i think we're going to get into this a little bit later but what's an interesting departure is you are not a character in this game you do not speak you do not have a name you create your character um you could be a man or a woman there's a whole character creation thing but like Outside of how you look in like the death animation and during co-op or something, you're not a named character in the game. You are purely a vessel for the player agency. But you're a law enforcement officer. Right. But other than that, we're given no information about this individual. It's not like past Far Cry games where your backstory plays into it. Um, so you you go and you... Uh, uh, there, there's a great scene that I'm surprised Ubisoft stepped into where it says on the screen, press X to arrest father. And I can't even begin to unpack like everything that's going on <laughs> with that sentence on the screen. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. So you arrest him and you take him, take him out and uh, things get heated with the other cult. During services, like you go in and interrupt the church services and arrest the, the head of the cult. Right. And it, it gets uncomfortable real quick. Are the people in that church armed? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's all sorts of... Actually, going back, I don't remember if you explicitly see guns in the scene. I remember when I played it and the people stepped in feeling like they are threatening you. I don't know if they're just big scary dudes or if they're carrying guns, but I absolutely got the sense that like they do pose a threat to me. Like That's how it's framed. I, I don't even remember if I explicitly saw guns in the church. Okay. So you try to you try to, you know, take take this guy, arrest him and take him out via helicopter, and he keeps repeating that God will not let you take me. Everyone needs to step down and let us go in peace, because God will intercede. And um yeah, so the the followers like swarm the helicopter at this point. And like literally throw their bodies at the blades to get it to crash. This, it feels like a zombie film. It, you're in the dark, you're in the middle of all of this weird religious shit. And then it turns into like a World War Z style zombie game. Tonally, this game is all over the place. And I kind of dig it, but it's kind of jarring. So the. Okay. I did not expect that to be how the chopper was brought down. 
Right. And and there's like later on in the game, they basically almost introduce like an in-universe reason about why you're fighting what amounts to zombies. Like it happens. It's fascinating. So the the uh, helicopter crashes. You basically go on the run and there's a few fight scenes and then you're taken in by this prepper guy who has a bunker who kind of explains what's going on a little bit. Off camera, you hear about how the cult is like really moving strong into this community and occupying it by force and kidnapping people. And it's terrifying. And this guy sends you out into the world with a gun and says, you are the person who is going to lead this area to freedom. You have to create a resistance and take the land back. Um, And therein begins uh, what we basically always know is a Far Cry game. You have area occupied by a force, there's bases, you move around. That's how it begins. I, I'm, I'm immediately reminded of, remember Tremors, Ben? I do remember Tremors. I remember <laughs> Tremors very well. Remember that little scene in the basement where the graboid comes through the wall and they just unload on that thing with the, the, the little arsenal of hunting rifles and shotguns there? It, it's Yeah, it's a monster. It's Michael Gross, and I believe it's Reba McIntyre. It is Reba McIntyre, absolutely. Which is just one of the greatest pop culture scenes I think in, in history of just grabbing guns and blowing up that monster. Yeah. But the arsenal that they have there is, is I imagine quaint in comparison to the armaments that the cult is, is fielding against you. The scope like of this game spirals out of control in such an interesting way because it begins, you're like, Oh, there's like, there's this small compound and there's a cult leader and this all kind of makes sense. And then when you're on the run, it's like they have planes with machine guns and they have machine guns mounted onto trucks. You know, they have every, they have grenades. They have everything you could, this is a military force of like long haired extremists who want you dead and who are able to, basically take over this huge spot of land in Montana. Well, I was, I was looking at some of their trailers and I'm like, well, one of your allies has a Carl Gustav, like one does not come across an anti-tank missile launcher, a recoilless rifle at the gun shop. Um, so <laughs> like, I understand they're well-stocked, but do they ever begin to tell you like, how they if, are well, this well-stocked in Montana? If they, if they explain it, like explicitly, I haven't got to that part yet, but I, I think you can, you can kind of extrapolate when you look at things like, you know, the branch Davidian compound, they're incredibly heavily armed. Like, I, I think the, like the archetype we have of these doomsday cults is that they hoard weapons and you probably can buy a ridiculous amount of decommissioned military equipment on the black market in America, or at least we can suspend our disbelief to think that someone with a, a whole lot of money could maybe make this happen. But it's a, it's a ridiculous amount of people. It's a ridiculous amount of armaments. And so one of the things that I think is interesting is to get more equipment and to, you know, upgrade your skill tree, you have to find and raid other people's um, prepper bunkers and shacks. What? Yeah. You, so must, that, like, you must take other people's guns away from them. Right. Well, they're, they're like the whole idea is these people have fled and you can find throughout the game, these prepper areas. And each one is like a little mini puzzle. Like how do I break in and take all this stuff? But that's like one in game, like 
explanation for how you get all of this stuff, even though you're, you know, buying guns left and right from all of these bases that you uh, liberate. Um, And there's this really odd, I don't even know if it's odd. I thought it was interesting enough for me to remark upon where there's this like subtext where like preppers were correct to do so. And they're very good people, which I don't want to make any judgment calls, but it's very much in like, if you are prepping right now, it is probably a good idea. And someday you will use all of that stuff. Um, And uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that you're fighting back against this doomsday cult using weapons taken from people who expect the apocalypse to happen. And they're kind of on opposite sides, but like, you get this picture of the people of Montana of as always being ready to rise up in arms. Basically they are, they are good to go. If this shit hits the fan, I want to take a moment there to uh, just read a quick word from this week's sponsor. Are you hiring? You know, posting that job to job sites and waiting and, and waiting for the right people to see it can be, can be frustrating. ZipRecruiter knew that there was a smarter way, so they they actually built a platform that's going to help you find the right job candidates specifically for your needs. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. It's going to identify the people that have the right experience, and it invites them to apply for your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job to ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in that same day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They're going to spotlight the strongest applications you receive so that you never miss a great pitch. The right candidates are out there. And ZipRecruiter is how you're going to find them. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash control. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash control. One more time, for the people in the back, ZipRecruiter.com slash control. That's ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire. We are back with Ben Kachera. We're talking about Far Cry 5, which comes out this week. Um, Ben, we were talking about all of the preppers and all of the armaments and all of the cult. I want to get into the nature of this, this cult and this figure, the father itself. Now, in the beginning of the game, you mentioned that the the followers of the cult are themselves inspired to literally throw themselves into the rotating blades of a helicopter to bring the chopper down. Like, tell me about the father, tell me about his family and tell me about their mission and their goals. So the, the game is broken up into three major areas. Um, and each one is under the power of one of these leaders in the cults. And you kind of have to, you know, liberate each area and, that's kind of the structure of the game. And it's, it's really open in that you can go anywhere at any time. It feels like I'm I'm getting away from your question a little bit, but it feels like they cut away a lot of the BS of Far Cry to get to the fun stuff quicker. Um, Which is, so the, the structure is, is slightly changed, but in terms of like the father, I haven't really, he constantly talks about how he is not at war with people. He is, at peace and you have to love your enemies while all his followers are trying to kill you. It it makes the game makes a big deal about saying you are marked by the father. They are hunting you. And, um, the, the younger woman who is a major part of this cult who creates this like weaponized aerosol drug called bliss. That's like a hallucinogen. And under the control of this drug, people like, become very susceptible to what seems like manipulation. 
So when you get into her area, you're basically fighting zombies, like the characters who are super into bliss and who are mindless and who attack you and act like zombies. It's a really interesting thing. So outside of that, in a few of the story areas, you don't learn a ton about these people's motivations. There are chunks of the story missions that kind of get into what these people, who these people are and what they're trying to do. But overall, that story falls away very quickly after like the first hour and into big parts of the mid game. Like it's basically set dressing to justify the setting of Montana. This is a far cry game, like through and through. Like if if you were expecting some serious social commentary, you're not going to find it. People who are focusing on like the trappings of this game and the story of these religious extremists and trying to, you know, make it analogous to anything that's happening in the country now. It seems after like eight to 10 hours in the game that this is a very superficial part of the game. And it's not going to really dig into those things. I hope I'm wrong. And as I continue to play, it does go a little bit deeper. But it's basically like once you're set free to begin fighting the cult, it's a Far Cry game. You know, you're you're hunting, you're liberating bases, you are upgrading your weapons. If you like Far Cry, you are going to like this game. If you expected a deep story-based departure from the Far Cry franchise, you're, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I, 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 that's that's where I'm struggling with this game personally, Ben. And I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quite frank with you right now. I have very, you know, un, unreasonably high levels of apprehension about things like militias and gun culture and um, uh, uh, religiously toned political um, movements, if you will. Um, and I, I, I feel exploited. I feel like my unease and, and many people's unease with these types of things are just being poked at in, in this game and in the marketing for this game. It, it, feels, it feels exploitive to me. And especially to hear you say that it's, it's not paying off. In your experience, that there's no, I mean, you're, you're only again, you're only eight to ten hours in. I'm, I'm very curious to hear about the conclusion of this game, and ugh, I want, I want to force myself into it in a way to get to the resolution, just to see where it all ends up. Yeah, and there's, there's this when you say you feel like you're being exploited by the themes and how the game is being presented. Like, I I feel that too. Not that like these particular themes are resonating harder with me, even though, you know, I I grew up in Kentucky, you know, I went to college with friends who had militia t-shirts and spent a lot of time, you know, cleaning their rifles. And like, I'm aware of what the, the lighter side of, or the less extreme side of that argument is like. Um, but it's just, we see this thing where I think I'm, I'm completely speculating here, but it often seems like the developers of these games, the team working on it, want to say something. And then as it's developed over years and has to become a mainstream media product, the, the message gets toned down, if not completely removed. Because the angle of this game, the, the themes of it, the setup, 
is like so media friendly right now, but it, it almost feels like the game goes to pretty great lengths to not say anything about it. Um, and as, like I said, as far as I can see, there, there's no, there hasn't been so far any major payoff or any major point made about these people or any political anything, which is good or bad, depending on what you want out of the game. And there is like a tonal disconnect because some scenes are like these people are dragging citizens out of their homes and either indoctrinating them or killing them. Like that's a, that's an intense image to put into a game. And you can also like, I set a bear free to eat people and he got set on fire and fire bear ate like four people. And it was hilarious. But Ben, you also did this as a law enforcement officer. You say that you don't actually see your character for the majority of the game. That, that troubles me as well. Here you are a badged officer who came to serve a warrant for arrest. And now you're just going to go shoot down some drug addict, drug addled zombies and set bears on fire because a prepper told you to. And you, you get like a plane with a machine gun on it and access to helicopters relatively early in the game. And I'm like, go off, like go find your, like you're part of a law enforcement system. Maybe come back with reinforcement, right? Get some more gas and just go North. Yeah, even the fact that they roll in here with, like, a small number of people does it. Like, you have to set the game up somehow. And it's insinuated a tiny bit at the beginning that you don't know who to trust in your own uh, in your own uh, law enforcement agency. It's hinted that the father has implanted spies in your system. And maybe mm. that's why you can't go back. But even that doesn't, like, if you if you roll out of a situation like that and you're telling this huge law enforcement agency hey, like these people have risen up and are murdering everyone. Even if you have a few spies, there's not much they can do. Like there's going to be helicopters. There's going to be a standoff. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people moving in. Uh, but again, like that's that makes sense. But you also wouldn't have a video game if that happened. This is true. So I will I will leave you to your play your, your playthrough and your analysis and your in-depth discussion of the themes of the game. You got some time yet before that review comes up, and I'm looking forward to reading it. But let's talk about some of them gamey kind of bullet points real quick while sure. we're here. One thing that, uh, again, I was a little disappointed in when uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands came out was the helicopters and the airplanes. Not very satisfied with those. Tell me about flying around in Far Cry 5. You know, it's fun. It's very arcadey. Uh, the The plane you get to in the early game has like, it's it's a it's a modified version of this character's like grandfather's plane, and it has it has bomb sites on it, which seems a little bit out there, but cool. So you can like <laughs> do bombing runs against these convoys, and that's really fun. But the flying itself is is very simplified, like you're not at other than being shot down. You're not really at risk of dying due to lack of uh, pilot skill. This isn't even like games like, you know, in the GTA series or what we're used to from like battlefield, where if you want to be effective in these um, flying machines, like you have to learn at least a little bit how, you know, to fly them. This is, this is so arcadey and so friendly that you can just kind of go up there and do your thing. But the thing I like about Far Cry, though, is that they give you a neck <laughs> so you can actually like, look around. So that makes flying a little easier, I imagine. Yeah. And it's like I'm playing this on a, on a large 4K television on a PlayStation 4 Pro, you know, in my home home theater. And it's beautiful. Like 
Montana is modeled beautifully. Like my takeaway from this game is I want to go camping in Montana. Like this game is selling Montana more than it's selling any other theme. Like flying in these planes and just looking around and looking at this beautiful countryside under you and like, you know, you see like elk running past and these glittering rivers and it's just amazing. Like I'm, it's, I want to play like the pacifist version of this game where I just go and exist in this forest because it's beautiful. This sense of place and of like graphical fidelity is so great. Like you can tell a triple A AAA publisher spent a whole lot of money on this and it paid off. It is so much fun to just be there and see visually this countryside. One of the things that the Far Cry series, I think, kind of pioneered was this concept of um, really intelligent, really helpful kind of narrative uh, companions that join you on your missions. It was part of Far Cry 2, uh, which was set in, in Africa, I believe. Loved that aspect of the game. And now it's also part of Far Cry 5. So tell me about the the other AI that you meet. I understand there's kind of two different flavors. So you... You can, as as you liberate bases and as you meet people and as you do missions, you get these, you know, friendly characters who you can hire to, to come fight with you. And you can give them perks and they can level up and they will, like, they will help you fight. Um, and it is, it's, it's interesting. You can give them some limited guidance, you know, go there engage these targets uh just go attack and it's helpful and they don't seem that terribly dumb so it's nice and yeah it's it's an in the entire game can be played through in co-op mode as well now um which is i think part of the reason why they decided to back off of making you a stronger named character now it's like you know you can put these two characters into the game together to play through the story and it makes sense um but yeah the the escort aspect of it these these guns for hire that you meet it's a it's a it's a really nice addition to the game i think it's i think it's a whole lot of fun and it gives you more more control you like one is really good with snipers another is really good at flying they they each have different things they're good at so you can like put together a team depending on what you're trying to do and what you need help with. How many of those named hired guns can you have at one time? I believe it's three. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I would have to look that up, though. I personally have never gotten more than one just because I don't like rolling with the crew and I don't like keeping track of them. Like, I'm, I am I also play stealthily. I like sneaking around with the bow and arrow and getting the no alarms uh, bonus when I, when I take down bases. But I believe it's up to three. I, I could be completely wrong. I think that's what I read, though. I, I know. I, I'm speaking authoritatively on this game right now. <laughs> that's really interesting. Well, again, we're, we're in the middle of the review, so all bets are off. Please understand, listeners. Um, uh, I, I heard, I believe, that you can kind of just sign on regular random townsfolk, too, that aren't named and don't level up. Have you, have you experimented with that at all? No, not really. Um, I, I, I do it. I think you're right in that there are two tiers, but again, that's a system I need to explore a little more just because I like playing by myself and so stealthily. It's just not something I've taken advantage of that much. Gotcha, gotcha. All of the marketing that I've seen for this game so far shows the game in daylight. There's a nighttime as well, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, the game begins in the dusk and there's like a daylight cycle and everything. Um, Yeah, and it's, again, the lighting is just ridiculous. Like... 
playing this on a on a PlayStation 4 Pro on a 4K TV with HDR cranked, it's just an experience, man. It's it's one of those games that is selling me on 4K in a way that I really didn't expect. Like it would be hard for me to go back to a standard TV. And this is one of those games that is a really, really good showpiece if you have an Xbox One X or PlayStation 4 Pro in the display to really put it through its paces. It's beautiful. But maybe don't start looking for deeper meaning and political commentary in this one right away. Yeah, and it's like, I, I can't... It's interesting when I feel like I've been very critical through this podcast. And my takeaway so far is I'm having a whole lot of fun with this game. This is something I would absolutely spend $60 on. I would tell other people to buy it if they're into the Far Cry open world thing. It's so easy to get into and so much fun. And the the, the gunplay is really satisfying. The stealth aspects work if you want to play that way. It is beautiful. I am just really, really, really enjoying it. But... That's the thing. Like, if you expected this theme to, like, say something, or if you were even hoping it wouldn't, like, that's, you're either going to be disappointed or really relieved. Because I I was kind of hoping that it was going to poke at some uncomfortable places, but it backs off of those really quickly. And there's a lot of goofy side missions and funny characters you meet and really, really funny side missions. So, like, that sense of you know, ridiculous heightened reality and humor is, is still there. It is still a a ridiculous game. And then sometimes it like dives deep into something really disturbing visually and then backs right back off it. Thank you, Ben. You've, you've actually reduced a considerable amount of anxiety that I had over this game. So I'm, I, I love the Far Cry series. I'm looking forward to this game again after our talk. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. This has been a blast. And thanks to you at home for listening today. Hey, we haven't been quite as regular as we would like with the quality controls lately. We apologize for that. Changing some processes, getting started here in 2018. You might notice that uh, Dave Tack has been showing up to do quality control shows with me every other week. You'll be hearing more from him down the line, but I just wanted to thank you, our listeners, for sticking with us, and and we're looking forward to talking with you in the future. If you want, please let me know how we're doing. My email, charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, at polygon.com. Shoot me a line. Let me know what you think of quality control and how we can make it better for you. We've got a lot more stories, of course, today on polygon.com, our internet website. I don't know what they are, because we're recording a week ahead of time. How about that? (laughs) So go ahead and check them out and I hope your day is going well. Thank you so much for joining us here this week on Polygon's Quality Control. Media Podcast Network.